This is Chris Dufault. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Crookston, Minnesota. I'm pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News Time on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman as well. The Epitome Energy Soybean Crush Plant that was going to be built in Crookston is now coming to Grand Forks. Epitome Energy CEO Dennis Egan cited Minnesota's permitting process for the change in location. This proposed plant will process up to 42 million bushels of soybeans per year. Epitome has a letter of intent on a site just north of Grand Forks that has access to rail, the interstate, and utilities. North Dakota ag leaders have come together to share the results of a new study. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. A study completed by researchers at NDSU focused on the economic contributions of agriculture in North Dakota. Governor Doug Burgum says the study highlighted the need for more animal agriculture. Exciting announcement with this study, $31 billion of total impact on the ag industry. I think we all know how important agriculture is to the whole state. But as was pointed out, one of the things that's missing, I mean, compared to South Dakota, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, some of our closest Great Plains neighbors, uh, we have very little animal agriculture compared to those states. I mean, it's a sad day when we're actually importing milk into North Dakota for our school kids. So we've got a lot of red tape. Uh, Some of that's called corporate farming laws, but essentially we've created a situation where if two neighbors wanted to get together and put together a modern high-tech facility for animal agriculture, they're they're prevented from being able to do that. Burgum says value-added egg could bring in more animal agriculture. Burgum also teased at a third value-added processing facility that may be coming to North Dakota. It becomes even more important as we attract more value-added processors because if you've got a an ethanol plant, it's going to produce an oil, but it's also going to produce a food stock, uh, which could go into a feeding operation. Soybean, you got soybean oil, soybean meal. Uh, if this market hadn't shift, shifted towards soybean oil, we wouldn't have soybean processing plants in North Dakota. Now we've got two. We're very close to almost having three. I think that wherever we see a processing plant that's going in for grains, whether it's corn or soybeans, whatever it is, you have to say, what are the animal agricultural opportunities that could be near there? Because there's going to be low-cost feed coming off of those for animal agriculture. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. That ag economic study conducted by North Dakota State University researchers included data regarding the total economic contribution of agriculture to the state, agriculture's share of the economy, and jobs created. NDSU research scientist Dean Bangsand was one of the key researchers with this study. You know, I think this is a a first ever comprehensive assessment for agriculture. It's long overdue in the state that has an industry the size of agriculture. Um, What we were able to really find is that, you know, this industry has a tremendous uh, economic contribution to the state's economy measured in terms of gross business volume, measured in terms of employment, measured in terms of labor income. You know, all of the key economic metrics really show the strong presence that egg has in North Dakota. Bagson says the study could help compare North Dakota's agricultural value to other states and see how much progress statewide agriculture is making over the years. Well, I think one of the things that is, is of extensive value is that these questions are asked of industry representatives and they don't have a good answer. And so 
I always say in the absence of good data, you know, things will, people will put together numbers from wherever and they'll attempt to answer whatever question they can. This really then sets a foundation for the industry to reference and say, no, we've had this studied, this has been documented, this is what these numbers are. Part of the other uh, side of this is that other industries use these tools to educate their constituents and other people of the, of the public. Crude oil prices are trading lower this morning. China is easing its stringent COVID-19 policies. That should increase demand. The OPEC nations kept their output quotas unchanged. Standard grain market analyst Joe Vaklovic is also watching the decision by Western countries to cap Russian oil export prices at 60 bucks a barrel. You've got this Russian oil cap situation, the G7, the West and Western countries essentially. They're going to cap the price of Russian oil, but nobody really knows what it means. Uh, we know what the cap is. Russia says they're not going to ship to anybody who uh, implements the cap. So I think the market's kind of torn on that. With the United States, like, United States likely transitioning into a recession, global oil demand is expected to remain cautious. This is the Red River Farm Network. Taking a look at the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website, Pioneer is seeking a field agronomist for East Central Minnesota. The Red River Grain Company looking for a new general manager. Dakota Ingredients, North Dakota State Seed Department, and others all have jobs posted. Find out all the details on the Job Opportunities in Agriculture tab on the Red River Farm Network website. That's rrfn.com, rrfn.com. When market prices rise and fall, or an important decision is made on Capitol Hill, the first choice for farmers and ranchers is the Red River Farm Network. Trust Don Wick, Randy Conan, Whitney Pittman, and Sierra Doctor. To deliver the news that impacts your bottom line, go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Your number one source for agriculture information. The Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Despite widespread flooding in the east, Australia is forecast to produce a record wheat crop. Wheat production is projected to total 36.6 million ton. That's slightly higher than last year's record crop. Barley production forecast at 13.4 million ton. That's the fourth largest crop ever. Canola production forecast to reach an all-time high of 7.3 million tons. Australia is dealing with a rare multi-year La Nina, which has brought excessive rains to eastern parts of the country. The futures market is reacting differently than it has in the past. Chido Commodities market analyst Mark Chido says the futures market has apparently divorced itself from the fundamentals. You know, you see all sorts of other stuff going on out there, but the one thing that the markets can't, can't maneuver or they can't adjust or, or, or give you a number and you believe it is, is, is the cash basis. And the cash basis is telling us that, that we're quite a bit tighter than what the, what the, what the numbers that we're seeing are. And, and um, you know, we just run through a year and a half or almost two years, certainly this last harvest with, with ab abnormally high numbers, uh, 30 to 50 cents higher, you know, at least on corn and beans than normally at, at harvest time. Chido believes the basis levels provide a better perspective on supply and demand. I would argue that, that we're more attuned in the, in the U.S. Um, interior now where, where the basis levels in the interior are quite a bit higher and the Gulf is not, is not there simply because of economics that won't let us uh, export. 
and and you know to to my thinking we had to we had to ration somebody out of, out of the equation here and it was the export the american seed trade association annual meeting kicks off today in chicago ag resource company president dan bossy is the keynote speaker this morning discussing what he calls the Great Reset. Which is uh, rising U.S. interest rates, probably rates that will stay at a higher level for a longer period of time, but that we're saying maybe five to seven years. The Wall Street Journal yesterday reporting the Fed will be moving interest rates to 5% rather than the 4 to 4.5% rate that had been expected. Well, it surely rallied the dollar when those headlines came out. The dollar had been down, and uh, uh, rising rates in the United States keeps the greenback heading higher. So when that kind of talk started to develop, another half percent increase next week and probably another two or three next year, uh, not a half but maybe quarters, but we saw the markets uh, soften in commodities, but we did see the dollar rally sharply. And it's it's a dollar that uh, is, again, hurting U.S. export demand and why U.S. corn, soybean, and wheat exports for the week were down relative to last year. Hub City Livestock owner Steve Helwig says while feeder calf prices are up for the year, cull cows are lower than he'd like to see. Well, the only negative apart about the cattle business right now is the butcher cow market, and it's and it's no big surprise. Uh, uh, the, the the big the big cull cow sales are right now. Uh, last week on Tuesday in our cull sale, we had 1,700 way of cows and bulls, uh, the biggest run of the year. And, uh, and of course, the market was lower. Uh, naturally, you get just too many cows moving at once here. It was 2 to 3 to $4 lower, but uh, a lot of cold cows being moved here at the moment. We've been urging people, if you can just hang on to them, you know, to the holidays or the first of the year, I would. It'll pay to hang on to them a little bit here, but uh, a lot of cold cows on the move. Helwig says cow prices should improve after the new year, but drought conditions could put a cap on how those prices go. We're going to finally start seeing, you know, the exodus of all these cows the last couple of years and, and all, everything that we went through with drought and this and that. We haven't really seen that in the market, but it's just starting to happen right now, and we're going to see more of it as we go forward here. Of course, grain prices will have something to say about that. Fat cattle market, uh, what's the economy like to keep the, the fat cattle market good? But if the fat cattle will stay steady and grain stays steady or backs up a little more, I, I, I think these feeder cattle prices, I just give you 700-pound steers, will always be in the 190s ways. The eight-weight steers will be in the uh, middle 180s, and, 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 that, and that really paid to keep your calves, wean them and feed them a little bit, and that'll be the first time that's happened in a few years. But bread cow-wise, same thing. I don't think these bread cows are going to go to the moon. Hub City Livestock is based at Aberdeen. Brazilian President-elect Lula has been invited to meet with President Biden at the White House. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan offered that invitation while meeting with Lula in Brazil. Topics addressed during the Sullivan meeting include food security and climate change. Lula takes office on January 1. And the Senate Ag Committee meets today. They'll focus in on research and the 2023 Farm Bill. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Biofuels are part of the energy future, but with more production of those fuels, additional considerations have to be made. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has that update. With growth comes growing pains and new problems to solve. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says not all problems are bad problems to have, but still need to be considered when determining how we will meet future biofuel demands. More states looking at this, but just using California as, as a base, they're looking at, they're about 10% of the diesel fuel demand in the, US, in the U.S. right now. We produce about 45 million gallons, so they're about 45 
well, right now the projections are that we will only produce enough renewable diesel by, I think it's 2024, 2025, of 4.5. So just to be able to get to that point, it looks like we're going to need somewhere between 20 to 30 million more acres of soybeans just to get to that level of production. And that's where you kind of run into where is the acres base going to come, or are we going to import it, or are we going to import soybeans, or are we going to import soybean oil, or do we see canola acres go up, sunflower acres go up. So that's the problem that we're going to be facing in agriculture in the next couple of years is finding out how we're going to make all of these pieces fit together. Martinson also explains that to meet goals for projected biodiesel production, fuel seed acres will have to increase dramatically in the next few years. We're using California as, as a base. They're about 10% of the diesel fuel demand in the U.S. right now. Well, right now the projections are that we will only produce enough renewable diesel by, I think it's 2024, 2025. It looks like we're going to need somewhere between 20 to 30 million more acres of soybeans just to get to that level of production. And that's where you kind of run into where is the acres base going to come, or are we going to import it, or are we going to import soybeans, or are we going to import soybean oil, or do we see canola acres go up, sunflower acres go up. So that that's the problem that we're going to be facing in agriculture in the next couple of years is finding out how we're going to make all of these pieces fit together. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. A Colorado farmer is the new president of the National Sunflower Association. Tom Kirkmeyer succeeds Lance Horrigan of Lemon, South Dakota as president. Chuck Todd from Oneida, South Dakota is first vice president and Josh Graff of Regent, North Dakota, is second vice president. Lacey Zaratka of Archer Daniels Midland will serve another term as secretary-treasurer. Checking markets, we're steady for March Minneapolis wheat, 9.02. The May contract, a half penny higher. Chicago wheat for March, a quarter cent lower, and KC wheat for March, down four cents. March corn, two and a quarter higher at 6.42 and three quarters. January soybeans, 16 cents higher. That's priced at 1453 and three quarters. Checking the farm calendar tomorrow, it is the annual on-farm research summit uh, put on uh, as part of the Prairie Grains Conference out at the Olera Center in Grand Forks. That kicks off at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Plenty of activities tomorrow. And then, of course, Thursday, they'll have the trade show. Their keynote speakers include Paul Gerdes from CHS, Mark Jirak from Northern Crops Institute, and Daryl Richardson from Endon at NDSU. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.